What's good, everyone? Good evening. Welcome back to another episode of What the Game Means to Me. I'm, of course, one half of the podcast, Jelani Brown. Got my calls with me again today. That is Bill. How you doing, bro? What's good, man? Glad to be back on. You know, we had a little two-week break, but we're back at it. Ready to get to it? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Like you said, it's uh, it's been a heavy sports, heavy sports week the last few weeks, and uh, you know, this past weekend at college football, a lot of you know, games that were pretty much decided in the top four. No one really knew going into the day like anything really could have happened, especially given what happened the week prior. Um, but you know, now we got our top four, so definitely gonna hit on that. Uh, gonna talk a little bit of NBA as well. Um, being in the first quarter of the season is a uh, finally over with and then of course talk about the you know nfl playoff race uh it's very tight in both conferences honestly and uh you know we'll give some predictions on who we feel will fall where but before we get into all of that i'm gonna roll the tape here's michael at the foul line a shot on elo good the Bulls win Listen, we're talking about practice. Not a game, not a game, not a game. We're talking about practice. Lewis gets it to LeBron for three for the win. Yes! LeBron James at the buzzer! your mindset when you stepped in the batter's box? Go yard. I mean, I'm a pitcher. Why not swing as hard as I can? I got nothing to lose. It's nothing to man above. Don't put you in situations that you can't handle. Instead of saying, why me? They're saying this is what he want me to do. And, uh, Cleveland, this is for you. The way we approach the game is the same way we approach life. You do the right thing. You make the right play. You make the right play. And in life is the same thing. What do you feel in your heart is the right thing to do? And you do that. You know, it seems so simple, but sometimes the simplest things are the hardest things to do. And um, uh, I think it's just that. Welcome to what? The game. Me. To me. back and like i said um gonna hit on college football first because you know typically that's what we we uh, love to do um you know on this show so pretty much we had a few conference games big 10 um sec championship and the big uh big 12 that pretty much was going to help decide the top four um depending on what teams may have won may have lost um coming out of the weekend we had well one not so much of a surprise i think between us two i know going in um, SEC championship-wise, you picked Bama. I picked Bama as well. And, um, you know, other people, you know, had Georgia started as the number one team. Um, they have been all year. But, you know, obviously, like, we both think you never go against St. Nick in a pressure matchup. But what do you think about, uh, you know, the first one of the bigger um, – one of the bigger – or not bowl games, one of the bigger conference championships this past weekend? I wasn't very, very surprised. I was surprised that- – by how much Bama won by it. But, you know, going into the game, it was kind of win or go home for Bama. You know, Georgia was secured regardless because they were the most dominant team in college football all year, so they could afford a loss. But 
just going in, man, I, I always believed in Bama. Like you said, I always take St. Nick in a pressure matchup. And I said earlier in the season that Stetson Bennett was not – I don't think he was capable of, you know, playing, beating Bama. You know, he played some quality football, but they hadn't really – the teams they played this year weren't that good. Florida wasn't that good this year. Tennessee wasn't that good. One of their harder games to play this year was Arkansas, and they beat them by 40. So uh, I just wasn't surprised. And, you know, this game he had 48 pass attempts, and then his highest previous total throughout the whole season was 29. So that just lets you know, you know, they forced Georgia to get out their element, which is a run first, play action style, pro style offense. And they got it at, got out of that when they got down in the second half and had to rely on Stetson Bennett, and that wasn't a recipe for success. Um Bryce Young, he's been phenomenal all season. Gonna, I'm pretty sure he locked up the Heisman Trophy, especially with this performance against Georgia. Um, he just like he's been lights out all season. I think he's just very calm, cool, and collected. Like his poise in the pocket and his instincts in the pocket are second to none. And you know that you have to have that being five ten, five eleven. But he just looks smooth. It looks like he he he's able to find windows with his eyes. Uh, you know, finding windows in between offensive linemen that throw the ball because him being five eleven, having six seven tackles, it's not it's not easy. Trust me, but. He found a way, and you know, Jamison Williams uh, was the, I think, one of the transfers of the year coming from Ohio State. Not even touching the field, but being Bama's best receiver, and with John Mechie out, he's uh, he's definitely going to have to step step up. But I just wasn't surprised because it's Saint Nick, and because um, you know, Georgia hadn't seen an offense like that all year and a quarterback like that, in my opinion. So I just feel that you know, facing this firepower was new for them, and they struggled like I thought they would. I just didn't think Bama would by as much as they did, but I'm not surprised at the outcome, and I'm glad that uh, Bama's back in the mix because I would have hated to see a college football playoff. I know you want to see new teams, but <laughs> if Georgia would have blew out Bama, I'd be like, I don't think anybody could touch them. But now that you know we yeah. have Bama in the mix and a hot Michigan team, you know, I'm I'm excited to see what happens. Yeah, like you said, it's just it, it it's definitely a little bit more interesting, you know, even though we have two repeat teams that have been in you know college football playoffs. Uh, a few times in the past year, but like you said, with Alabama winning, kind of um, you know stamping that they still kind of run the conference, obviously winning the championship, it's definitely going to be a fun, interesting mix. Like you said, Michigan's been hot, um, even you know since he obviously being one of the newer teams that's you know not you know Power Five conference team, being that uh, being that fourth seed, it's going to be interesting as well. But uh, I guess Big Ten, the Big Ten matchup, this one was probably you know obviously not as exciting. Um, a lot of us thought. Would, uh, you know, Ohio State might be there, but you know, of course, you know, sorry, Mo, sorry, Jeff. Big Blue won it this year. Um, but what did you think of this match? Like I said, it was pretty boring. I was out, I was watching it um, at this one restaurant called OSHA, but uh, like I said, it wasn't, wasn't you know, too exciting. Kind of knew going in that you know, they were the superior team over Iowa, and like I said, they came out on top now, they're number two seed. But what did you think about it? Complete domination. I turned the game off in the early third quarter. Uh, Michigan just, you know, catching stride at the right time. They got Blake Horn back before Ohio State. He had missed uh, the previous three games. So that one-two punch with him and Hassan Has uh, Haskins is pretty deadly. And, you know, I just think the recipe for success in winning games like this is, you know, playing good defense and being able to control the clock. And uh, their quarterback, he's been a game manager, but he hasn't, you know, put them in situations to lose. He's done what he had to, done what he's had to do in the defense, led by Aiden Hutchinson and others. And Chris Hinton has, you know, just taken off. And that running game's got going at the right time. So I think Michigan's going to be a very scary team. But going into this matchup, Iowa's quarterback play has been abysmal, in my opinion, the whole year. It's just been very mediocre. And I just knew uh, Michigan would take advantage. And the score replicated what I thought. I didn't know. I didn't think they would win by, like, 35, 40. But, you know, I expected that Michigan to win by two or three touchdowns. But, you know, they're hitting stride at the right time, which is why when we talk about this playoff matchup coming up, I, I might have a different take than uh, – most other people. But yeah, shout out to Michigan. Shout out to Harbaugh for finally, you know, getting over the hump, 
a lot of people wanted him going, but now I'm pretty sure, you know, their minds have changed. So shout out to Michigan. Yeah, for sure. We said, especially uh, Harvard getting over the hump, um, especially this year, um, finally being Ohio State. And like I said, got his team in the uh, you know top four college football playoffs and has a shot at the championship. And then last, uh, one of the last uh, conference games that could have big implications. Um, but overall, it ended up being an exciting game. Um, you know, Oklahoma State unfortunately fell to Baylor, uh, who, you know, were the Big 12 champions and pretty much lost on their chance to possibly sneak into the top four. I don't know if they would have replaced since you're not with that, you know, conference championship. It's a possibility. But, you know, all in all, they came up an inch short, um, you know, physically and uh, <laughs> physically and theoretically. But what did you think about the game? What did you think about the last play, them not being able to, uh, you know, that runner be able to reach out, stretch out, and get that uh, touchdown for the team? I think it was a great game, great way to start off, you know, conference championship weekend. Because, you know, that Oregon-Utah game on Friday wasn't really much to watch. But <laughs> literally football is a game of inches, and that's what it came down to. Uh, I know Oklahoma State would have liked to have some plays back. Uh, Spencer Sanders didn't play his best game in two games versus um, Baylor. He stoned seven picks, and he threw four uh, last Saturday. So that was just a deciding factor. And Baylor's freshman quarterback, uh, Blake Shapin, he, you know, he played a pretty perfect game. He mm -hmm. didn't have to do too much manage the game. But I, if I'm not mistaken, he started off the game like 14 for 14. So this great game overall literally came down to the last play. Uh, like you said, Bay I mean, Oklahoma State would have had to get a little help to get in, but, you know, everybody else mm -hmm. in the top four pretty much handled business. So if Alabama lost, they would have had a shot, but yeah, I don't, I don't know. But best, I think probably the best game of the weekend. Yeah, for sure. But like I said, kind of pissed it away, but Baylor came out with the, you know, championships, so congrats to them, um, you know, and, you know, they'll be in obviously one of the New Year's Six Bowl games. But – um, like I said, that rounded out the top, that rounded out the bigger championship games. Obviously, there was more that was on tap, but ones that was helping to decide these four teams that we're going to see match up um, in the coming weeks. Uh, of course, we have, excuse me, of course, we have Alabama and Cincy, one and four, um, and then Michigan and Georgia, two and three, playing each other. Um, I guess we'll start off first with the Cotton Bowl, Alabama, Cincy. Who do you feel like, or what do you think about this game? What do you think about this matchup? Obviously, we've talked about, you know, just that teams like since he just giving them a shot, you know, they've been what undefeated team. I think they won one or lost one game last year, but been, you know, pretty much an undefeated team, you know, through two years, um, obviously undefeated this year. And, you know, now finally has their shot um, to you know possibly win the conference football championship. Obviously they're going against, you know, SEC champions and, you know, the former winners and just, you know, powerhouse of Alabama. But do you think they have a shot? Do you think it'll be close? What do you think about this one? I'm going to be nice. You know, uh, this is my uncle's alma mater. I think he's going to the game. He was wishing it was in Miami, but it is what it is. I I got Bama uh, pretty easily. I think since he would show some fight early on, but they'll have a costly turnover early in the uh, second half or late in the first half, you know, to help Bama put him away. You know, I'll, shout out to them for handling their business. You know, last year they kept him out for – Re, you know, reasoning on a big conference and they played Georgia very, very tough. And this, this year they had their, you know, prove it game where it's Notre Dame on the road. They went and handled business, but the season ends here. You know, Bama's hitting their stride. They had that one tough loss to uh, Texas A&M. But other than that, they're, they're just hitting stride at the right time. I know John Mechie being out is going to hurt them a little bit, but Jamison Williams has stepped up in every opportunity. And I think Bryce Young, you know, has enough to get it done with his his arm and legs. And Ritter's a, Ritter's a good quarterback. He's, he's, you know, paid his dues. He's been there for a while, built the program up. Probably the most, the winningest quarterback in Cincinnati history is probably not even close. But yeah. 
I just I just think Bama's too overpowered. Their offense their offense is good. Uh, their defense is you know show up when when needed. Will Anderson got snubbed for the Heisman, so he's going to be hungry to show out. But one thing I really, really am looking forward to is that matchup uh, with Sauce Gardner and Jameson Williams because I think that Sauce Gardner is a first-round mm-hmm. corner, and he's been pretty locked down for the last two years, and this might be his biggest test. You know, going against some of those uh, receivers in the AAC, it's okay, but this is going against the best of the best. So sure. I'm interested to see that matchup. But I, I would like to take Bama, I'd say, by 17, pulling away. But since he would show some fight for the first two and a, uh, two and a half or three quarters. Yeah, I could definitely see that as well. And like you said, that's that's a big matchup I'm looking forward to as well, you know, um, you know against Sauce and, and Williams because Williams probably will be the number one target now that, unfortunately, Michi is going to be out for the year. Um, but, of course, you know, they pretty much – they cycle through those receivers anyway. Like, there's going to be – you know, their fifth receiver is probably, you know, can probably go go off two or can probably go off like five, six catches, 100, 106 yards. So, you never know. Um, but definitely, so that matchup is going to be a key one to watch. You know, I, I hope it's just a competitive game. You know, Alabama has been kind of up and down this year, but all in all, like I said, they they've shown you know the type of team they are, and you know, Nick Saban's always going to have them ready, especially with the big games. And it's two games left until he's able to host another trophy. So, um, like I said, it probably be close. Maybe the I won't even say first half. It might be like first quarter, and then five minutes into the next quarter, and then. It's probably going to be Bama off from there, but you know, you never know. Like I said, I don't want to, you know, discredit a team that went undefeated this year has played, you know, like I said, decent competition, but it's nothing like, you know, Alabama football that they're about to experience in their upcoming weeks. But all in all, I'm just hoping for a good game. You know, neither one of us have a stake in these playoffs. You know, one of our teams are probably going to sniff the college football playoffs for a minute, but you know, it's just going to be all over. Overall, we just want to see, you know, good college football. Um, and as long as Georgia doesn't win, I think I'm gonna be fine with the outcome, regardless. So, but like I said, we guess we will hit on that next game, Michigan and Georgia. Um, I know you say you may have an unpopular opinion about this game, um, you know, this matchup. I got two, two, you know, obviously heavy hitting teams. Like you said, Michigan's been hitting the stride. Georgia's been number one pretty much the entire year. Just got dethroned by Alabama. But who do you think comes out on top of this one? Um, and what matchup are you looking forward to see? This is tough, man. It, I have a lot of reasons why, uh, you know, if I said at the beginning of the season or the middle of the season that Stetson Bennett wasn't going to be able to win them a championship. And I know he kept winning so that they, they couldn't bench him for JT Daniels. But JT Daniels is obviously the better quarterback. He's better at throwing, you know, at the second and third level, being accurate, making those NFL throws. And I just think they're going to have to make a change. It'll be tough, too, based on one bad game. Like, this kid's been playing good all season. You just bench him for the most important mm-hmm. game of the season. But sometimes you got to make those tough decisions, you know, like yeah. uh, saving bench, Jalen Hurts for Tua. But mm-hmm. In the game. maybe maybe during these three or four weeks of practice, they see something different. They give JT a shot. I, I don't know. But I feel like in order for them to win, they they have to make a change at the quarterback uh, position. But I think my matchup to watch is just it's a it's kind of like a group thing. It's the battle of the trenches. Uh Michigan's mm-hmm. offensive line versus uh, Georgia's D-line. You know, they had Jordan Davis, one of the biggest and best players in the country, yeah. versus Michigan's two-headed monster with uh, Haskins and Quorum. So if, if McNamara can manage the game how he's been for the most part of the season, you know, not have those uh, costly turnovers because Georgia's defense was pretty much the best. They were allowing until last week six points per game, which is pretty crazy. That's not even mm-hmm. – like, that's a touchdown, but not an extra point. It's pretty crazy. And yeah. uh, I just think that – it's going to come down to the quarterback play on both sides. Like, can Michigan control the line of scrimmage, but can McNamara not make those mistakes? And I think, you know, if they go with Stetson Bennett, Michigan's going to make a couple more plays. Uh, Hutchinson is going to show why he got invited to New York. 
Mm-hmm. And I think that if, if JT Daniels doesn't play in this game, I have Michigan pulling the upset by three. Like, I know I have love for Georgia. I was low-key a Georgia fan when I was younger. Not a fan, but a fan of a lot of their players. You know, Matthew Stafford, A.J. Green, David Pollock, David mm-hmm. Green, all those people. D.J. Shockley. Keep go- I could go on forever, but I think that Michigan, this is their year. You know, they beat Ohio State for the first time in 10 years. Harbaugh is feeling himself. The team's just having a swagger. They feel like they're back. And, you know, maybe this this loss to Bama could hurt Georgia more than we think. You know, I know Kirby, how he is as a coach, I'm pretty sure he has his guys fired up and ready to go feeling confident. But I just mm-hmm. – I have a feeling that this is Michigan's year, and I got I see Kate uh, McNamara making some big-time throws down the game to uh, seal the deal. So I'm going Michigan by three. But if they make a QB change, they'll have to, you know, switch this up a little bit. And I might take yeah. Georgia. As of now, I'm going with Michigan. In the, I guess some people call it upset. I know they're ranked higher, but Georgia's been the best team yeah. in the – nation all year besides yeah and they really can i guess put them at two yeah so yeah i can one more thing before you go i will say i think they did this to set up the natty like they didn't yeah. want better uga playing in the first round I, really, yeah. I really i really truly believe that but hey shout out to them i agree with what they did yeah that's that's definitely what the fix is they they want to see out that rematch alabama and georgia and that's why i was just about to say um before, you know, chimed in like that's exactly what happened, like, and that's why we said we're seeing this two versus three matchup. But who knows? Like you say, Michigan's in their stride, and they're you know, I think the brand of football that they're, that they're playing in the type of football they're playing right now, especially you know, us seeing these last two games against Ohio State and the you know, Big Ten Championship, how dominant they look. I think it's perfect timing, you know, like you said, to come in and upset Georgia. Um, like you said, that loss to Alabama, just like knowing that mental, like mentally. Like, this is a team you cannot get over the hump. You know, you weren't able to do it in the national championship game. You haven't been able to do it in the SEC championship game, really. It's, you know, every time you're matched up with them in a big-time, you know, game, you're not able to get over the hump. You somehow, you know, give it away or lose. But like you said, if they do go with JT Daniels in this one, I think that's the best That's the best possible, you know, outcome for them. And like I said, it would suck for Stetson to get benched because, you know, even in, in times, like we've been saying this all year, but he's come up big with them big for them a lot, a lot of big throws, a lot of big time drives, um, and even taking care of the ball for the most part. So it was so, but I think JT Jans would be the best option, you know, to possibly pull out this this win as well, especially if they want to, you know, match up again with Alabama. Because like I said, Michigan is just, it's just too perfect. Like you said, when you're on a roll, you're on a roll. And when you're hot, it's hard to stop it. Like you said, everything's just coming at the right time for them. So we may possibly see a one versus two um, and not what we expected, you know, SEC another SEC championship um, or college football championship. But, uh, you know, and then, like, this will also start, you know, I know, you know, in the college football chat, they always be going off about, you know, pretty much SEC bias, Big Ten football, like different, you know, conferences and how they play. And this is honestly what I kind of want to see. I really want to see one versus two because, you know, depending on how the game flows, how it, you know, checks out, whatever the case may be. Like, I like Big Ten football. Obviously, SEC football is kind of like where our hearts lie because we're in the South. And both, well, my team is in the SEC. Your team's in the ACC, of course. But you know, we're kind of a little a little bit biased to SEC football, and we see and know kids and and um, other players that have gone to these schools and you know and play. But like I said, that SEC versus Big Ten conversation definitely will be interesting. I, I kind of want to see that, especially in the in the chat. I know, like I said, everybody's going to be going off. You know, if that's the matchup uh, championship that we do see. But I know you did want to add something. 
Uh, just talking about this matchup, I agree with what you said. You know, the chat's always going because this is Stu's moment, too. Like, if Bama <laughs> beats, I understand where he's coming from, but I just feel like all these other teams, Notre Dame, that got blown out in the first round, like, why not like, since mm-hmm. he get their shot? But for Georgia, I keep forgetting about George Pickett. This was his first game mm-hmm. back, so that's big for them. Their best receiver, in my opinion. And in that quarter, uh, that that tight end, uh, Brock Bowers, the freshman, he's a matchup. Oh, yeah, he's, he's the true. He, yeah. He's a matchup nightmare. So those are two big keys, and that's why I just want JT Daniels in there. I know he's going to know how to feed them the rock, and I know him and Pickens had a, a really good connection last year. So that mm-hmm. that's a big thing. But Cincinnati has their chance, man. Stu's always – they're always going to him in the chat <laughs> about letting – you know, these teams have their chances. Stu doesn't want to see it. Yeah. So if if Bama beats Cincy by 40, the chat's the chat's gonna go up. But I, I understand, <laughs> I understand both sides of the argument. But yeah. you know, I'm just looking forward to two good matchups on New Year's Eve. So yeah. But, and I think we will get them. You know, I think we'll get them for sure. Um, but you know, kind of stay on the college football train, but to switch lanes a little bit, you know, two coaches or multiple coaches have gotten, you know, um, whether it's where coaches were leaving or you know, just raises, promotions, opportunities elsewhere. A lot of coaches have been moving um, you know, early on with uh, you know kind of college football season coming to the end. But these two specifically uh, raised a lot of eyebrows and raised a lot of conversations within the past um, week or so. And, uh, you know, it just got me thinking, of course, we love to do our segment something or nothing. And, you know, this week, one of the something or nothing I came up with was just college coaches dipping on their squads, you know. They, they, they feed them a lot of, you know, whether it's recruiting or whether it's, you know, after games, you know, during the season, you know, during these big matchups, they feed them a lot of, I don't want to say BS, but they, they feed them a lot. <laughs> yeah, they feed, them, they feed them a lot of promises, broken promises, and, uh, you know, end up dipping out. I know everybody was uh, found it funny that, you know, Lincoln Riley, how he played it, everyone thought he was going to LSU, but he said he was adamant about not going to LSU. Instead, you know, kind of had the conversation, was going to, you know, USC. And then obviously there was reports coming out that, you know, he came in the coach's room or whatever, crying and kind of like, you know, just, you know, upset about, you know, I guess the situation and kind of got into it with coaches, you know, players was only there for a few minutes and they end up dipping. Similar to what Brian Kelly did, they said he called a meeting at what, like seven in the morning, was in there for like 11 minutes and then dipped as well. And then like a day or two later, we see him in um, Baton Rouge trying to put on a Southern accent. So what do you think, something or nothing about these college coaches dipping on their squads? I'm kind of in the middle, but since I have to choose, I'm going to say it's nothing. You know, this is a business. It's a harsh business. The boosters and the people that are firing the coaches don't, you know, give them a real heads up before they fire them. They just make the decision that's best needed for the program. And mm-hmm. I feel like coaches need to do what they need to do at the same time. I just feel like they can handle it a little better. Like the Miami situation, uh, they were already talking with crystal ball and stuff, and they pretty much locked them into the coach. And Manny Diaz was in got people's houses recruiting. He had coaches out recruiting, selling them, you know, the vision of the program while there's stuff on Twitter talking about he's, you know, they're moving on. Like, that's not a good look. You I, Communication should be a little better, but at the end of the day, it's nothing, I think. It's a business because when these boosters let you go, they don't care. They don't give you a heads up. Oh, we're going to fire you in two weeks. Look for your new job. They just, you know, they part ways and do what's best for the program. So I, I think it's nothing. I know it's a harsh business, but it is what it is, and that's what comes with it. Um, yeah. it's kind of hard, you know, when the coaches keep being asked questions, they keep pushing it off. I'm not going anywhere. You know, I want to be a sooner for life or I want to be mm-hmm. part of the fight and Irish for life. And then, you know, two days later, they're gone. Like one of the Oklahoma players that comment on a message, I think he was mm-hmm. like, we're back. Or, uh, what did, what did Lincoln Riley say? He said something like we're back or mm-hmm. you're going to be the, 
the face of college football, you know, in yeah. USC and, and the guy commented under said, you told us the same thing last week. So it's just, yeah. it's tough. And I understand where the players are coming from being upset, but you got to understand at the end of the day, it's a business. So it's nothing. Yeah, I can definitely, I definitely feel that. A little better, just a little yeah. better with the communication. That's it. Exactly. Exactly. Because like you just said, like the boosters will, you know, cut you. We saw, we seen that with my team. Like then I didn't expect them to get, you know, fired the way he did, but you know, it just happened. Like you said, those boosters give a lot of money and when they want something done, it gets done. So like you say, it's kind of like a business. I know this is, you know, been a topic of stuff like in the NFL, um, you know, with certain players and even in the NBA with certain players as well. But um, and even on you know lower levels, even in high school and stuff like that, you know, it's just a, it's just something that's, I guess it's been something you know, just across all levels of sports. But at the end of the day, it's kind of like you got to look out for yourself. Maybe these guys felt like it's the better opportunity, um, better chance to grow, better chance, you know, for their families. Like I know with Lincoln Riley, they, they pretty much gave him a bunch of stuff. And I guess I think it's what daughters wanted to go to school in California or something like that. So, you know, they did what they needed to do to get him as a head coach. Um, LSU with Brian Kelly, I'm pretty sure they did, you know, similar things. But, you know, like you said, it's a business. I can definitely see both sides of it. I'm more so leaning to nothing as well, just because, you know, it's their livelihoods, their jobs, their lives. They want to, you know, unfortunately, like I say, they can handle it better by not like saying this BS to their, you know, to their kids or at least letting them know, like kind of heads up, like, look, I'm listening to these offers. I might be, you know, you know, headed out to one of these jobs, but yeah, just upping and dipping and not saying nothing. That's, that's what's the something to me, but you know, like I said, just handling it better, making sure everybody's kind of like in the loop you know, especially kids that you just recruited. Like, cause now like you just recruited a, a freshman kid coming in. He's probably thinking like he's vying for a spot um, maybe this upcoming year. And now a new coach is coming in and you know how that goes. Sometimes they may, that's not their guy. That's not who they recruited. That's not who they, you know, want in this specific spot. So they can very much be out of a, a scholarship. So like it, it definitely messes with these kids' uh, livelihood. So definitely just handling it better and making sure you know, these kids have a heads up. But Luckily, the way the transfer portal works now, you can really just throw your name in there. You can be in another school with another coach, you know, pretty much like that. So maybe it's not that big of a deal as well for the kids either. But next thing, something, nothing. I don't know. It just was funny to me. Uh, of course, Lions got their first win off of a, a dart of a throw by Jared Goff. Um, you know, obviously, I probably should have made this a different something, nothing. Honestly, more so about the Vikings because I don't know what type of team they are. I don't know what they're doing, like whatsoever. And I've been saying that for years, though. But you know, Lions got their first win. Obviously, they're they're nowhere near. You know, they've been eliminated for playoff contention. I think officially it was last week um, or two weeks ago. But you know, they got their first win. I personally think it's something because I thought they were going to be the first 0 17 team um, in NFL history. But you know, they proved me wrong, proved others wrong. I'm sure, and they got their first win. They come up close a lot of games this year. They pretty much should probably have maybe like four wins, honestly. Um, under their belt but you know they got the first one done uh, this past weekend and uh maybe it, maybe they get some more wins rolling on but i don't think they should obviously because they should keep that number one overall pick and uh you know get that pass rusher out of uh, oregon which i feel like he'll go probably first but what do you think that something or nothing they got their first uh first win i think it's something like you said in a way i think it's a boat of confidence uh they've been close all year they should have they tied with the steelers there's a whole bunch of teams they should they should have beat the vikings the first time Mm-hmm. Uh, so finally, you know, getting that win, getting it off that monkey off their back. Uh, I think they they weren't they're not that bad. Like when I was running through scenarios, they could they could have easily been like five and six or four and seven, something much mm-hmm. better. But it's just about you know finishing and closing games in the NFL. But it's something. Uh, 
didn't want to see any – I don't want to see any team go winless. Like, being on that team, being remembered on that team, it's just – I know that's not a good feeling. To not win a single game for four months, it's, it's got to be tragic. So, finally, you know, them getting the monkey off their back. But other than that, it's it's nothing. Um, we're just celebrating the win because it's Detroit. The Jaguars, we might celebrate when they win too, but that's what <laughs> we do with bad football teams. So, it's something oh, yeah. For sure. Like I said, it, like thinking about it, yeah, they should have beat the Ravens. They should beat the Bears. They should beat the Vikings the first time. They beat the Vikings Steelers just now. Too. They should beat the Steelers. Yeah, that's five wins right there. Like, they really could be in the playoff line, especially in the NFC. Because, yeah. I mean, we're still in the playoff we're line. We're in mode too. Yeah, exactly. In rebuild mode. But, you know, like you just said, it really just comes down to finishing games. Because and time management, obviously they threw the Chicago one, Chicago game away with time management, and a few other ones as well, giving the ball back to like you know Lamar, and you know sixty-two yard field goal. That's really not their fault, but at the same time, like you you gotta you can't give the ball back to Lamar and even give give them that opportunity. But all in all, they should have five wins. It kind of sucks, you know, that they just got their first one because they really could be in the playoff point. And it'd be you know it'd be funny to just see you know just because the NFL is just so jumbled right now, especially uh, the last few spots in the um, NFC and AFC race. They really could be right there. But, you know, congrats to them. Glad they got their first win. Hopefully they get some more, um, you know, in, this, in the near future um, and continue to just play their Lions brand of football. <laughs> but last something or nothing, reports came out. I don't know if it's in there yesterday, but uh, Zion's reported to have been 330 pounds at some point. Um, I find that really hard to believe, to be honest. Like 330. I know he's big. He's like 6'8, six, 6'9. Six, you know, he's pretty big player, but two, 330 pounds. Like, I don't know about that. But obviously, he's supposed to be set to make his comeback, um, you know, within the next few weeks with the Pelicans um, soon enough for the first time. But something or nothing, just Zion being 300 pounds. Like, a lot of people have said that this is going to affect him in his career for a very, very long time, if he even has a very long career. So, um, do you think one that is even true that he was 330 pounds, or do you think it's uh, like said, something or nothing that, you know, He's still this heavy, um, has this heavy of weight when he's supposed to have been working on slimming down his frame. I think it's believable in a way, you know, with a body type like his, it's easy. Your weight will fluctuate in a bad way. Like you can gain weight really easy. So it's kind of believable, but I don't think he's 330. Maybe I could believe he's over 300 because he was already pushing, what, 280, 290 when he was playing. So mm -hmm. that's not that hard to believe. But uh, what you were saying, who, uh, whoever you like got that with, Whoever was saying that stuff about his career and the longevity of it, uh, I agree 100%. You know, for one, though, when you're rehabbing, you have a foot injury, you can't, like, it's hard to lose weight. So your eating habits have to be really good because you're not running. You're not doing cardio stuff to burn fat. You're just, you're rehabbing. So what you put in your body is very important. And, you know, he's in New Orleans. And I feel you, bro. I love seafood. So it's probably <laughs> tough. Like, he's just sitting in bed, going to rehab twice a day, just chilling, staying off his feet, eating. And there's a lot of options in New Orleans, so it's tough. But that's where the you know, the self-control and stuff comes from. Mm -hmm. But 330, man, that's not manageable. Like, the way he plays, he's very explosive. He's always getting off the ground and all that that weight coming down on your knees time after time after time, just going to take a toll, whether it's tendonitis or something that starts to affect your knees or maybe your foot or your ankle, you know. And when you have all these lingering injuries, he's already had a foot injury before, so it's kind of like his foot, might, he might, his body might start overcompensating, mm -hmm. you know, whether it's his hip or his hamstring. So it's just not a good look, man. And I, I really don't think that if he wants to, you know, he's been, when he's played, he's been very good. He's dominated yeah. for the most part. But if he wants to have a, you know, 10 to 15 year career, he's going to have to drop some of that weight. You're going to you're just going to have to, or, or he's going to become a shell of himself at one point. He's just going to stay injured. Uh, exactly. I would hate to see it because he has a very bright future, but 
that weight stuff is serious, especially when there's somebody that big. Uh, his body won't be able to hold that weight for forever. And be exactly. play how he wants to play because we know how Zion is. He's trying to dunk on everybody, mm-hmm. trying to get putbacks. Like he's always off mm-hmm. the ground, landing on one leg. It's just. It's tough, man. We see what we see with some guys, like even the smaller guys, D Rose, the way you play mm-hmm. like that, and then you finally have one bad fall and it's just downfall. Like Zion's three three fifteen plus right now. So yeah, his body can only take so much. So it's definitely something. And I hope yeah. he gets right. You know, when he gets as soon as he's cleared for complete every full contact, all that stuff. I, I think he already got cleared for that, but he needs to get mm-hmm. ramp that cardio up and change his diet ASAP. But I know it's tough, bro. So <laughs> Yeah, but like you said, he's a professional. Got to get it done somewhere, yeah, somehow. Exactly like professional. There's, there's no excuses. This is your yeah. job. Yeah, and he's missed so many. He's missed so many games and so much time already because, of, like you said, these nagging injuries. And you know, we can't fully put it on his weight, but I'm pretty sure a lot of it, like you said, has to do with his weight because you know his body's overcompensating for certain things and the way you know he plays. He's so explosive. Like you have to, you know, lighten up a little bit. Like we've seen all, you know, a lot of athletes do it. You know. LeBron's even slimmed up a little bit. Like he's never been big, big, but you know he slimmed down because he, he he knows. Like I said, he's, he's getting older. He can't. He's not as explosive, but you know, weight wise, he's still a big guy. You can't, you know, be coming down on you know on yourself and you know causing these nagging injuries. And like I said, it's, it's, he has a young career, and you know it just hasn't gotten off to the best of start. You know, one because he's with the Pelicans and they they're trash, but also because you know he hasn't even been able to be in the lineup because of this issue. So. It's definitely something. Hopefully, they can get him right. More than likely, I feel like it's gonna have to be done elsewhere outside of New Orleans. Um, I don't know when, where, how that's gonna happen, but I think somewhere there's a training staff that can get that can get him right, get him on a better diet, um, but still not have him lose that explosiveness and you know that build that he has. But I just don't think it's gonna happen with New Orleans. But that does it for our something or nothing for today. But we are gonna stay on the NBA track. Like I said, we are gonna start talking a little bit more NBA. First quarter, well, a little bit over the first quarter of the season is uh is over with, and uh, definitely want to shout out um Kenneth from Shooter Shoot Podcast, um and also co-host of um you know a podcast with Steven as well. He does NBA rankings, and you know we typically share uh share Jeff's, so I definitely wanted to you know shout out Kenneth to share his as well um before we hit on you know some NBA talk for today. Um, so, I mean, first two teams, obviously, Golden State, Phoenix, no argument there. Um, just scanning over the rest. He took your magic out of the uh, the 30th spot, so I don't know if you're happy about that or not. He still has us on the, the left side, my Atlanta Hawks, even though, like I said, we're, we're real up and down, um, mainly because of the injuries that we've sustained. Uh, and obviously, losing two starters and uh, your sixth man, you know, definitely going to hurt in some way, some form, but we're, at least we're a game over 500. But any other teams that you may have a problem with being where they are. Um, I know like both of us are starting to like now starting back um, watching basketball. And, like we, we've seen the headlines, we've seen the highlights, we've seen, you know, certain teams and how they've played, but you know, just any comments, anything that you, uh, you know, feel a team should be higher or lower. Um, you know, uh, the Cavaliers, I, I, you know, they have a lot of young talent. I think, you know, Darius Garland, Jared Allen, um, Mobley, and Colin Sexton, who's out right now, but I think you know they're not they're not a top fifteen team when it comes down to it. Like I, I wouldn't see them, you know, being a seven seed or eight seed in the East winning any playoff series. But you know, it's early. Um, the Wizards, they're kind of you know after a hot start, they're kind of turning downwards a little bit. Mm-hmm. I don't think they're a I think top they lost 10. eight of the last twelve. Yeah, yeah, they're not a top ten team in my opinion. Mm-hmm. But 
some of the teams below them haven't been playing consistent basketball, which is why I see, you know, why Kenneth has some lead teams there. But those are the only two I would dispute about. Uh, I'm glad the Thunder are at 30 because getting beat by 73 <laughs> is not okay. And I know they're embarrassed about that. Uh, I like to see the Pacers higher. I mean, I understand why they're at, but it's just they're a disappointment to me. Uh, they have a yeah. lot. Of, they have a lot of talent, in my opinion, and they're not putting yeah. it together, which is why there was reports of you know them trading their pieces to start a rebuild, which I completely understand. Mm-hmm. And lastly, I know Kenneth's a Lakers fan, but I just feel like the Lakers will eventually get it together. But he's mm-hmm. he's talking about right now, so for the most part, I agree with everything. But the, I think the Cavaliers are a little bit too high, and the, the Wizards. But um, mm-hmm. you know, having the Warriors and he, I mean, and the Suns top two is very understandable. Um, mm-hmm. The team with, had a, like a 17-game win streak and the team, they broke their win streak, so I, I really get that. And then I would say the – honestly, you know, I don't have any other more compl- any complaints. I like the Grizzlies, what they've done without John Moran. I like Desmond mm-hmm. Bain. I know you hoop guys yeah. really get into him, but I know he's kind of been like one of those most improved players because every time I watch him, he's uh, getting buckets. So, yeah. But overall, good list. Um I'm interested to see how the you know season shakes out. It's 82 games and we're only what like 25 through. Yeah, we're, not, we're barely a quarter. We're barely a quarter of the way through. So, um, I'm definitely interested to see. Yeah, like you said, a lot of basketball, a lot of basketball left to be played. Um, but like you said, be, I guess going based obviously if we do a week to week, like I can, I can see why he has a team definitely where he has them. But like you said, Indiana that that does suck because I really felt like they were going to be a sleeper team. You know, this this year I thought they could vow for like maybe seven to eight seed. They, you know, were right there for the play-in last year as well. Like I said, they got a lot of young talent. I love I love that they got Kyrie Levert. Obviously, Malcolm Brogdon, you know, Atlanta product. Um, he's really good as well. T.J. McConnell, you know, just a steal master. Always getting, you know, just stealing the ball somehow, some way. Miles Turner, no slouch either. Like, you know, obviously the all star, an all star, and uh, Sabonis. So they have a lot of talent. I just don't know what, why the heck they just can't put it together. Like I don't get it. And then even Rick Carlisle, them getting him as a coach, I thought that was like, oh yeah, they're for sure gonna be you know competitive in the East this year. Like there's there's no doubt about it. Um, you know, obviously we're still missing T.J. Warren. I don't I don't know what happened to him. Like ever since the bubble, he's just been missing. I, I know he's been hurt, but I didn't think he, like he was hurt like all last year. I thought he would somewhat you know healthy this year or whatever the case may be and you know i watched them play the hawks i think um another atlanta product uh dang why i can't think his name he went to norcross um yeah jeremy lamb i don't know why he doesn't it doesn't seem like he plays a lot either um but i don't know just they got talent i just don't know why they can't put it together and it's weird and like they're already you know just you know washing their hands within it and blowing it all up when they still like say have really young pieces um so I don't, I don't know. I don't feel like they should give up just as yet. I feel like they should hold on to everybody really, or maybe make a move just to make them more competitive. I don't know. Like don't, but don't blow it up and be like, all right, we're tanking. Like, you know, make a move to become more competitive, you know, maybe not star because more like, you know, stars don't want to come to Indiana, but like, you know, just make quality moves, you know, to where the team can gel and fit and, you know, you can still, you know, like said, be competitive. Cause like you say, it's a quarter through the season. Like a lot of these teams are up and down. There's so many more games to be played. They shouldn't just be throwing in the towel at, at this point. You know, at least I don't think so. Um, but like I said, kind of looking at uh, looking at both, uh, we'll look at both conferences and just kind of, you know, go through maybe some contenders or pretenders, you know, just real quickly. Obviously, like I said, it's real bunched up in the East. I don't know if you can see it clearly, but okay, it's pretty, all right, cool, cool. Like I said, it's real bunched up in the East. Obviously, Nets have the number one seed, but a lot of these teams in the middle, 14, 11, 13, 11, 13, 12, 
you know, 14, 12, 12, 12. Like a lot of these teams, I know there's been some games tonight, so maybe, you know, some of these standings have changed um, uh, by a game. But all in all, the East is looking pretty competitive. Um, and like I said, some of these teams are kind of right where we thought they would be. I know a lot of a lot of us, like we were high on the Bulls, but not two seed high on the Bulls, at least in my opinion. I thought maybe middle of the pack, maybe five or six. Um, but like I said, any teams that you feel like, you know, eventually is going to fall off or some teams that you feel like eventually is going to put together and rise? This side is going to be easier. The West is going to be a little harder because the two teams I, you know, picked out from the power rankings I thought should be lower are going to eventually fall off, the Wizards and uh, the Cavaliers. But I wouldn't be shocked. You know, the Cavaliers have a lot of young talent. They might, you know, they might mesh just very well together. But I eventually see the Hawks and Celtics moving up when they get it together. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to give the Knicks any praise on this show. <laughs> So, you know, they haven't been consistent either. So I don't think they, they, I mean, I could see them, you know, competing in the play and potentially getting in or making a late season run. Cause you know, it's a long season. So I can't even say that, uh, that they're out of it yet. But uh, I think it's honestly, it's pretty, I think it's set up fine. uh, How how it is, how it's going to be. The Wizards and uh, Cavs are going to be out at the end of the season. The Hawks and Celtics are going to move in. I don't think yeah. the Raptors, I don't know. They're they're okay, but I don't think they're good enough to get in the playoffs. So uh those are my two pretenders. Yeah. The Warriors and Cavs. Yeah, the Knicks definitely have some issues going on um of their own. Like obviously they, they you know, a lot was made about them getting Kimba and Fournier. Fournier's, you know, up and down inconsistent. Kimba's not even in the rotation anymore. Um they put Alec Burke as a starting uh point guard. They just lost to a Pacers team that we were talking about that wants to rebuild by 20 points tonight. So it's like, you know, you know, Knicks definitely has some, you know, some issues that they got to figure out. Um, but I don't know, like, you know, I feel like Tiz will get them right. Like you said, they may not be either teams have their number this year. Or maybe they're just not gelling as much as they did last year. Um, but you know, all in all, they like I said they just got some issues. So now they're one of the teams that's moving down. You know, just a few weeks ago, there was like two or three games, you know, ahead of us in the standings, but now they're under 500 once again. So, you know, they, they got a lot to figure out. Like you said, Cavaliers, I honestly think, I don't know. I don't know if they can keep, like, they're the AC right now. I really think they can be, I think they could be a team that vows for the, you know, a play-in, maybe even the AC, just because they just play different basketball. Like, they got three almost seven-footers starting. Like, that's tough to stop, like Evan Mobley, Jared Allen, and, and – Laurie, and you know, with with the explosiveness of Derek, Darius Garland as well, he can you know put the ball in the bucket as well. So I don't know. I definitely think I think they'll they're not going to be you know as trending as much as they were in the beginning because they have fallen off, fallen off a little bit. I think they've lost you know, two or three of their last um, four or five games. But you know, I it'll be interesting to see them you know buy for a playoff spot. That's all I would say. But you know, the Wizards they got pieces. They've you know had a hot start. You know, kind of falling to earth now. But, you know, they're another team that can probably be right there in the play-in. But, you know, all in all, I expect some of these teams to get better. Sixers, I don't know what they're going to do with Ben. But, you know, outside of Ben, you know, they've been playing okay. They won again tonight against Charlotte. And, you know, Charlotte's kind of had a few struggles as well. But their struggles have come because nobody's able to play. Like, a lot of their players are in COVID protocol all the time. So, you know, a lot of movement in the East, like you said. But, all in all, I think I expect the standards to be similar to what they were last year in a sense. Um you know, not too much moving. Like I said, Heat right there at four, Bucks right there at three. So, you know, most of the top teams are going to be right there, and other teams are going to definitely pick it up. But on the Western side, we have, you know, the top two teams, Warriors and Suns. I think they're going to pretty much – I won't say they're going to be – they're locked in, but, you know, 
it's pretty close to saying they're locked in maybe one or two, especially with the Warriors. They're, you know, haven't even gotten Clay back, haven't gotten Wiseman back. They don't even really need to play their their two rookies that they got that a lot of people are high on. So, you know, just a lot of talent over there. I feel like they're definitely one, you know, locked for the one or two seed and Suns as well. Just that can, you know, that continuity that they have. I think they're gonna be there as well. But any other teams that you feel like is eventually gonna get it right or eventually gonna fall off right now, that's in the you know, top team. So teams. Uh, honestly, no in the West. The only team I could say would be the Timberwolves. You know, the Trailblazers, CJ just had a collapsed lung. Uh, they hadn't been playing well. It seems like there's some tension with the front office or something going on with the team. But other than that, no, the Spurs aren't the same. I don't even need to talk about the Rockets or Pelicans. Uh, the Kings are okay, but they're not They're not good, good enough to get over the hump. Uh, I'm, I like what I'm seeing from the Timberwolves, man. I feel like this is, you know, trending more and more towards Ant-Man's team. Uh, mm-hmm. And they're they're playing they're playing good. They got some solid uh, young guys. D'Lo's still young, even though it seems like he's been in the league for like seven, eight years. But he's still know, pretty right. young. Uh, they got Cat. They got Malik uh, Beasley, and then they got uh, what's his name, uh, Jaden McDaniels, who's that long wing defender. So they got some players over there. And I just think it's honestly, I don't think much is going to change. It's just you know a matter of who is going to be in that ten spot. You know, the people can fluctuate like three from three to three to uh, nine can fluctuate, but. I don't see any of those teams like from the Trailblazers and below, you know, making a move up. Time, any yeah. threat, like whatever team out of those teams gets in the playing game, is good. I, I, I'm pretty sure they'll lose. Besides the Blazers, you know, <laughs> they get Dame and CJ back at the right time together. Uh, but other than that, not too much. I think you know the words are what I, I had a feeling they were going to get it together. Not like this, not dominating mm-hmm. like this, but I had a feeling they were going to get out of that, you know, two to three year slump after they lost mm-hmm. KD. Um, Steph got hurt the following year. But other than that, I like everything I see. Um, I, The Lakers will get it together. I think they'll be a higher seed. Um, the Mavericks have been playing okay. You know, Luca was talking about him being out of shape. So, But I mm-hmm. think they'll get it together. And Jason Kidd's the right uh, coach for him. So other than that, I don't really think there's, you know, any changes. I like where the West is. And I don't think much will change uh, when we get to, you know, May and June. Yeah. Well, in the yeah. April playoff time. Yeah, but I say April. Yeah, I agree. Um, it, it definitely will be some moving three, three through nine, ten. Um, but I think those teams that are right there probably, like I said, in the West, those are probably going to be the teams. Like I don't, I don't really see the Kings making. You know, the only team I could see like possibly involved for that ten spot is the Kings, because like you said with the Trailblazers, CJ's going to be out for a minute. Um, Dame hasn't had the greatest of starts, um, and you know, just overall that team has kind of been stuck in the same spot for so many years. So you know, they could possibly kind of fall off a little bit and the Kings may sneak into that 10 spot. But other than that, everybody else is, you know, set. You know, Pelicans, I mean, it is young. You know, Zion may come back. Maybe, you know, that's the spark. But you know, I don't think – I think it's going to take a lot more than just Zion. Um, Thunder Rockets, they're pretty much, you know, where that – I didn't even realize the Rockets are on a six – is it six-game win streak or five-game yeah. win streak? Yeah. yeah. That's crazy. Um, But still, I, I don't, you know. And it's crazy that, you know, the John Wall situation is like, I don't know what they're going to do with that either. Like, hey, I if I'm, I'm okay play. with getting paid $40 million. Yeah, and sitting down on the bench. But I don't know. I would want to play. Not, I mean, maybe not for the Rockets. But even maybe for the Rockets. I mean, they still got some young – they still got some vets. I forgot, like, Eric Gordon is still there. Like, um, that Kelly only like, – they got people over there. But, you know, obviously the focus is uh, Kevin Porter Jr. and um, – Jalen Green. Jalen Green, yeah, so – um, I don't know. Obviously, I, I don't think they make a, a move either. Timberwolves, like you said, I, I like that team. I like that young team. Like I said, they're real up and down as well. Though. They got to find some consistency. Um, I know D'Lo was out against um, 
when they play my Hawks the other night. But, you know, that's a, a game, like, eventually you're going to have to start winning. Um, I'm not saying the Hawks are a super top team, but it's like you got to take advantage of those games when you're at home. And, you know, they have, like I said, we have real – we got key players missing, like three, four guys that aren't playing. So that's when you kind of got to take advantage, um, you know, come out on top of some of those games. But, yeah, I think everything's going to work. I think the Nuggets will be a, a, a you know, substantially higher when – actually, no, they won't because I forgot. A lot of their guys are out for the season. It's not even, like, out for a little bit of time, like – you know, they lost P.J. Dozier. We don't know when Jamal Murray is coming back. Um, forgot somebody, like two other people got hurt as well. So, But I think those definitely still be in the playoff race. But all in all, both conferences are going to be interesting to see, you know, you know, just when it's all said and done, you know, these next 60-something games, um, who's going to be where. But switching over to some NFL talk now, um, just wanted to talk about this real quick before we go through the upcoming week. Patriots win. I actually picked him. I didn't even realize I picked him in our pickums. I thought I picked the Bills, but I, I something must have told me Pats, and I went Pats. But you know, Bill Belichick had a plan. It was supposed to be obviously a blizzard, uh, bunch of snow. They didn't want to, you know, put the stress on Matt Jones to throw the ball to win the game, so they put it on all their running backs, running back by committee. And I don't remember what they ended up, how many plays they ended up running, but I remember seeing a, a graphic, and it was like close to fourth quarter or was fourth quarter. But they had ran the ball like 46 times and only passed it three times. So, you know, one day on the ground, very unconventional game. Even with the Bills, they weren't able to take um, advantage, being in the red zone two times, came up with zero points, and then, uh, you know, eventually lost the game. But what did you just think about this matchup? And, you know, just the – I won't say this, the, the greatness and smartness of Bill Belichick, but, I mean, it does take a lot, you know, I guess a trust in your running backs and your defense to, you know, keep a – you know, a pretty good offense, you know, out of the end zone, only giving up 10 points. And then also, you know, your running backs trusting, like, you know, they're going to hold on to the ball. Your line trusting that they're going to, you know, block and open up these holes for these running backs, especially, like, when the defense knows what's coming. But, you know, what did you think about this game? I think it was good uh, for, you know, the real football heads. I think it was a chess match that Bill Belichick <laughs> executed perfectly. I just think he needs to get more credit. I know it was a boring game plan, but being that resilient and not like I would – me as an OC, I'm like, we got to throw the ball at least 10 times. But it's <laughs> yeah. smart. You know, he knows his quarterback. His quarterback doesn't have the biggest arm. He's accurate, but doesn't have a big arm. And in those conditions, you got to have a strong arm to whip it through. Any, you know, any floaters, any any balls that you're not trying to throw with uh, some zip on it are going to you know, just get carried by the wind. And he knew – I mean, you guys saw the videos uh, before mm-hmm. the game. It looked like the wind was at least 20 miles per hour. It was pretty wild. And yeah. I, I think it was a smart game plan. Just the fact that – the Bills knew they were running the ball and had nine in a box and eight in a box and still couldn't stop it. It's a testament to, you know, their run scheme and just their running backs by committee. Uh, Bolden, you got Damian Harris, you got uh, Ramon mm-hmm. Stevenson. They just all show what they can do. Uh, and I'm, I said, you know, I said the Pats were going to get it together, but I didn't think they were going to, you know, be number one seed in the AFC. But uh, yeah. shout out to Bill Belichick for a boring game plan at work, but they won. So uh, the defense stepped up when they needed to. And, I think the – like, I don't – the Bills had every reason to win. Uh, one of the stats was saying, like, their average start field position was, like, the 40-yard line almost, and the pass was the 20. So, mm-hmm. so I, I think they had the clear advantage. They were at home. Yeah. They had the home crowd, but they just weren't able to get the job done. And this is just another masterpiece by Bill Belichick. And especially, you know, his defense played well, too, because not, let's not act like the, you know, the Bills are not a high-powered <laughs> offense. They need to run yeah. the ball more. You can't have your quarterback being your best running back, but 
the Bills are no slouch. And for them to go in there and do that on a seven-game win streak, if I'm not mistaken. Mm-hmm. So uh, just shout out to the Pats again for a boring game plan, but a, a great win at the same time. Exactly. Um, exactly. Like you said, couldn't put any better. Like I said, that, that's the one thing, like, you know, we used to do like, you know, stardom or benchums or whatever. Like benchums definitely go to the Bills defensive line this week because, you know, just just to can like basically they just lined up across from the man to man was just like, y'all are not going to stop us. Like y'all are weak. And they ran straight through them. And Bills defensive line, like I know a lot of their guys are kind of like built, built off of, of speed and you know, technique and stuff, like not really strength. Like, you know, what Ed Oliver is like one of their D tackles, right? Yeah. And, and he's really like, I honestly think he's a defensive end. So it's like they're not really beefy up front on the defensive line, but, you know, at the same time, you just can't get ran over like that. Like you said, having nine in the box at a time and Patriots are still picking up five, six, seven yards, that's inexcusable. So, you know, they, they definitely got some soul searching to do. They got to look in the mirror and, and, you know, obviously this upcoming week, I don't think whoever they play that shouldn't happen, but, you know, you never know. But like I said, moving to week 14, um, of course, shout out Jeff, Jeff Nee Sports. Like I said, we're looking at his power rankings. We always do this on the show. A little bit of movement, I believe, from last week. I forgot to put the other one up. But um, just looking at it, quick glance, do you, you know, I think I pretty much agree with everyone in the spots that they're in. I would still say the Cowboys are a little too high mm-hmm. at five for me um, just because, you know, they've been on a little bit of a, a – a little bit of a dive. I know they've had certain guys out, but, you know, you got to play who's in front of you. You got to play with the guys that you have. But I think Cowboys a little bit too high. Um, I like the Colts moving up, um, I guess, with the win that the Chargers had over Cincy. They're moving up. I like that as well. Um, but on on, do you see a team that, you know, is a little too high, a little too low? I'm going to go with the Cowboys being too high. Mm-hmm. I think the, the Raiders are too high. Um, I, I would put the Steelers above the Raiders, but they beat them head to head. But and the football team just beat them last week. Uh, I like the Chiefs over the Cowboys. I know they're not playing the best offensively, but they're they've turned it up defensively. Defense wins championships, and they beat the Cowboys head to head too. So I would like to. It would be tough to put the Titans at five right now because they're not. They don't even have anybody, and they're not the most <laughs> exciting team. But they're doing what yeah. they have to do. Yeah, supposedly yeah. Julio was supposed to come back this upcoming week, um, and somebody else I don't know. Walker said it, but yeah. No, he's coming back, but you know Julio mm-hmm. at this point, you yeah. he, he played for your team for like nine or ten years. He's pretty injury prone, so mm-hmm. it, it's just tough. But other than that, I'm not mad at the list. I'm not going to look at the spoilers. The Jaguars should be 32, though, because we, <laughs> we suck on offense, and I thought we sucked on defense. So it's, it's just really bad over here. Um, the Dolphins should be a little higher. They beat you guys when you play, or you guys beat them. Yeah, we beat them last second field goal, I believe. They was coming back. <laughs> That's see, that's the game this little game right here can make them seven and six. I told Jeff mm-hmm. that they were gonna, you know, looking at their schedule before. Well, they were on a three game winning streak, so that was like two weeks ago. I said they have a chance, you know, to get back in the picture, and they've won five in a row. So I think the Dolphins should be a little higher, but other than that, it's fine. Um, the Rams, I understand why they're there. They've been playing some bad football until they played the Jaguars, and you know, everybody gets right where it's us. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but other than that, um, I think it's fine. The Colts will keep moving up because I think they're a scary team that nobody really, really wants to play. Yeah. But other than that, I agree. You know, the Ravens being at 13, I know looking at their record, people are like, huh? But they haven't been playing the best. And Lamar, I don't, I'm not saying he's regressed because it's only been like the past couple of weeks. Like he's had some really good moments during the season, but these past couple of weeks he hasn't played uh, well at mm-hmm. all. But other than that, you know, I like the list. Um, shout out to Jeff for doing this every week, putting in the work and the time to, uh, you know, 
put the, put out this list for the uh, network, and I'll be joining him next year for sure. Yeah, definitely, man. So it's I, I do like this. Like I said, just seeing it, see the different movement, and you know he stresses about it in the chat as well, talking about you know the, the movement, just like not knowing where certain teams can go, especially this year. Like this year has been, you know, quite different. Like I said, a lot of teams, you know. Just we don't know what they're about. Like I said, the Vikings, we don't know. We was on the Titans' ass when they lost to the Jets. But you know, the Jets have also beaten who? Cincinnati. And Cincinnati's what at 12 and sitting at 75. So it's like we really don't know. Like this year is just it's, it's an anomaly. Everything is just crazy. Um, but like I said, shout out to Jeff for you know doing this and like I said for the most part, I think we all agree, except for the Cowboys, you know, they're too high. <laughs> but other than that, um, before we do the little pickums, I don't even know if we should do the pickums today at all. Maybe we do them later because you know we still haven't really seen the injury report. You know, we could maybe talk a little bit about Thursday night football, but you know, I feel like we should maybe give ourselves a few days, but we can do the pickums if you do want to do the pickums. Yeah, we but, can let's do we we can do them and then you know make changes if needed. Yeah, we'll make changes. We always make changes off air anyway. But yeah. um before I guess we get into that, or maybe we'll finish off with that because I, I do have a question of the day that we're gonna do as well, but um, you know, we just get get our pickums in. This uh, I guess I'll show last week before I go back to the uh, thing. I, I'm getting back on track. Like I said, I I've made a lot of picks and I didn't realize that I actually did a good week for you. That's what I'm saying. I didn't think I did that well, but it's like because I I forgot that I picked the Pats. I forgot that I picked um another team that ended up winning. Oh, the Eagles. Um, yeah. so those those I think it was also won the Seattle game too. I think I picked San Fran. Yeah, yeah. So those are games that like were anomalies that we like, you know, on paper they probably shouldn't have won, but you know, I had to go with them and they did win. But you know, stretched out the lead a little bit. I think you were within a game or two, but now it's a you know five game stretch or whatever. But like I said, you had a decent week as well, especially the, the previous weeks that we've had. Like we had like three, four weeks where we both were under five hundred, so or just right at five hundred. But you know, all in all, we're doing pretty well for the uh for the year. But this week's NFL pickums, like I said, we can talk a little bit about you know Thursday night's game. Got Pittsburgh um, at Minnesota again. Like I said, I say it all the time. We don't know what type of team Minnesota is. Justin, you gotta get your team because each and every week they just do some crazy shit, and we don't know if they're good or they're bad. They're the I always say they're the worst good team I've ever seen in my life. Like they got so many so much talent, so many pieces, and they win games that you don't expect them to win, but then they lose games that you don't expect them to lose either. So. What do you think about this matchup, Pittsburgh, Minnesota? Who are you going with? Man, this is a tough one. Like you said, we don't know what Vikings we're going to get. They're so inconsistent. They could be a playoff team. They have the potential to, but they just don't put it together on a consistent basis. Uh, one Cook's questionable to play, and I think Adam Thielen's not because he left the game on Sunday and he hasn't been practicing. So, you know, in a short week, I doubt he does with an ankle injury. But it's, it's tough, man. You know, Pittsburgh is inconsistent, too, but they, you know, Mike Tomlin, man, shout out to him. He always has his team. Like, every week I count them out, say they're going to get washed. Like, I, I mm-hmm. said the Ravens were going to beat them by 14, and they end up losing. So, <laughs> yeah, it's just tough to pick against Mike Tomlin. But I'm going to say this. Mike Zimmer is a good defensive coach. And Kirk Cousins, I think he's he's played good this season for the most part. You know, a lot of people like to hit on him, but him and Justin Jefferson definitely have a connection there, and the Steelers secondary is not the best of corners-wise. Mm-hmm. But – uh I'm going to take Minnesota home on a short week. Um, I think Mike Zimmer gives Big Ben a little trouble. Um, you know, he can't push the ball down the field like that. So I feel like he's going to put a good game plan together. But it wouldn't surprise me if the Steelers went in there and won. 
uh, because they're right in the mi- middle of the playoff mix, as are the Vikings. But uh, I'm going to go with the home team in this short week. Yeah, that's unfortunate because I have to go with them as well. That's what that's what I was going to say. Like, like I don't like this. I don't like Minnesota because, like I said, I, they're just they're too up and down for me. But I also don't like Pittsburgh because you know I feel like Big Ben each and every week can just throw the game away for them or just somehow they can just lose the game. Like they just haven't been that great of a team either. But like you said, shout to Tomlin because he's had them ready for games that I've picked against them uh, a lot this year. Um, and even the Ravens game this past week. But like I said, on a short week, they still got Justin Jefferson, Kirk Cousins uh, is okay-ish, I guess. Um, they're at home. I think, you know, they should be juiced up to come back and win a game after losing to a team that hasn't won a game at all this year. So, I'm, that's really all I'm putting my hope in is that, you know, they're, you know, licking their chops to just getting back on the field because, you know, they don't want to, you know, feel that embarrassment to losing to the Lions this past week for any, you know, any longer of days than they already have to. So I'm going to go Minnesota as well. Um, but next we got another AFC North matchup, Baltimore, Cleveland. Um, who you got taking this one? Man, this is a tough one, but I'm just going to go have – Baltimore's been playing. I'm gonna go with Cleveland. They had a bye week. Uh, Baker was to get a, was able to get a little bit healthier. And last time they played, it was a sloppy game on both sides, and it came down to you know, kind of like the last minute. And Baker, that was his, I think, not his worst game, but it just showed like how banged up he was. He was limping in between every play, couldn't really be himself. I know he's not a scrambler, but he stints play sometimes when he needs to. And I think him getting healthier and um, Kareem Hunt and Nick Chubb, you know, getting in the postseason form, hopefully. So I, I'm gonna go with the I'm gonna go with the Browns in a in a close one. I hate to say it because this will put the Ravens in a bad spot to where the division will be really really close. But yeah, yeah, I, I'm gonna um, I'm gonna take the home team in this one as well. Yeah, uh, like you said, the, the, yeah, the bye week and them getting some guys back healthy and being at home is like a recipe for them to win this game. Especially and it's a you know rivalry matchup, AC North, and with the win they can make it very very interesting. Um, you know, for the title spot still. So everything's working against Cleveland, but when that happens, I feel like they just shit it away and they're not going to do what they're supposed to do in order to, you know, get back into good position. And so it might be a good, against my better judgment because, like you said, Baltimore hasn't been playing that great of football the past two, three weeks, even really the whole season. A lot of the games that they've won have been really close. Like they shouldn't have beat the Lions. They shouldn't have beat the Colts. Um, and it's a few other games that they just barely snuck out as well this year. So, like I said, it gives my better judgment, but I feel like maybe you know, they get back on track against a, a, a divisional rival, and I'm going to go with Baltimore in this one. Hopefully they don't prove me wrong and they don't get blown out. So, and, uh, But next we got your team playing Tennessee. Uh, you guys are on the road for this one. Uh, you played them – I think you played them – y'all played them pretty close for the first you know few quarters that last time, but kind of like it just kind of weathered away in the fourth. And guys lost, but who are you going with this one? Are you going with the home squad or you know the other team? I'm going with the Titans by 14 plus. Uh, we just we're not playing that good on offense. We're stagnant at this point. Um, I think we need to go get a receiver in the draft. Uh, Marvin Jones is okay, but he's a number two at best. Uh, DJ Chark being out really hurt us, and Lakeva Chanel is not. He's a more of a gadget guy. He's not really a real. I don't know. He yeah. can play some running back too. He's just a magic guy. <laughs> he's not a Patterson. Yeah, he, honestly, bro, he's not a complete receiver, uh, in my opinion. So 
Trevor hasn't played the best, but watching him, he's had very, very good moments in the game. He just – watching from the all-22, guys aren't really separating. Even when he's anticipating, they're dropping passes. So they're just not helping your rookie quarterback out, and that's what you have to do. In Tennessee, they're just – they're the better team, even without, you know, people being there. They might even let Julio sit for this game, like, you know, get right for next week. We don't even need to. So I'm taking Tennessee by 14, bro. It's not going to be – I mean, my team might shock me, bro, but at this point, I got to go with what I keep seeing. They keep – it's not even disappointing every Sunday. Like, I know what it is. I know we're not good, but I'm just hoping for, you know, a close game. But uh, that's yeah, all, you can do. all you can do is hope for a close game. I think they may make it close. But I'm going to go with Tennessee as well. Um, yeah, I just got to keep that short and simple. I'm going to go with Tennessee as well. Uh, hopefully, like I said, they just make it an interesting game because, you know, maybe you have a little bit to say you know, to Walker. Maybe we'll get some more excuses on Sunday. So, that's the only thing I'm hoping for, but I still think Tennessee probably pulls out the win. But Vegas, Kansas City, who you got? Uh, I'm right on Casey. You know I've always been uh, not a Casey fan, more of a Patrick Mahomes fan, and just thinking they're going to get it together as a team. Um, they're on a win streak. Defenses, they do this every year, bro. Like I know I talked about this like a month ago. They they start out the season mm-hmm. terrible, the worst defense in the league, allowing mm-hmm. like six yards per play, and then something clicks midseason where they just start forcing turnovers and start uh, changing. I will credit the defensive coordinator for making that move, putting Chris Jones back on the inside because that's where he belongs. Um, mm-hmm. He wasn't, you know, really a five technique or edge rusher. That wasn't his really get that his gig. Being in, at the three tech in the nose was his spot. And, uh, obviously, he's dominating being back there. And I just think, you know, they're going to get it together. Mahomes um, has kind of regressed fundamentally. I think he's still the quarterback we think he is, but he's just, you know, gotten a little comfortable with his mechanics. And, you know, this stuff has worked for so long that he's kind of going away from everything. So, I think, you know, these last couple of weeks they'll get it together. But uh, I, I like them this week. You know, Vegas, that was a fluke last week. Um, I mean, two weeks ago when they beat the Cowboys. Mm. They potentially should have won last week, though. That P.I. call it was kind of hard to call in that situation. But I, I just don't think the Raiders, they do this every year. I know you said it early on they were going to finally, you know, hit that slump at some point in the season. And yeah, it's there. They're not going to make the playoffs. So I, I like Kansas City. They're feeling themselves like 100%. So I, I'm going mm. with Chiefs by 10. Yeah. I'm gonna go Casey as well. What are they on a five game win streak? I want to say four or five game win streak. One or two. I think it's five, honestly. Five, five. Yeah. So they're eight and four. They were under five hundred at one point. Mm-hmm. I think, or they were four and four. Yeah. So I think it's, a, it's that time of year they're gonna start hitting their stride. It's not fully there. It doesn't look as dominant as it has in past years. But I think this is definitely time. Like I say, and you know. Putting together some big wins. You just played uh, a rival last week or a divisional opponent last week. You're playing another one this week. You know, you just want to kind of make sure you're putting them in their place. Make sure, you know, you let them know that you're still big brother of the uh, division. So um, I think they'll, you know, pull it out. Like it may not even be close. And, you know, they're at home. It'll probably be cold. It'll probably be windy. It'll probably, you know, just something. And obviously, you know, Oakland, well, Oakland slash Las Vegas, they're not uh, – they're not ready for that type of temperature. So I think KC will definitely handle this one easily. Um, Jets, Saints, this one's probably going to be a little tough because, you know, the Jets have been playing against competitive football, even though, were they three and nine? Something like that. Something yeah, something like that. And obviously, New Orleans just, you know, they got issues of their own. I think what they went with Taysom Hill last week to start the game. So I don't know. Saints, Jets, who you got? This was tough. I want to say Jets, you know, because ever since the Saints lost Jameis, they've been terrible. But 
I know Taysom Hill's not a good quarterback, like an NFL quarterback, but I think the game plan they put together will keep the game close. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to go Jets for now, but I could see the Saints pulling this one out. Uh, I hope to see, you know, Zach Wilson improve just throughout the season. I know he's had his a rough start and then he got injured, but, uh, you know, hopefully he can just – it's all about, you know, finishing out your rookie season strong. You knew you guys were in a playoff team. It's just all about growth going into year two um, yeah. with Matt Lewis' brother at the helm. So yeah. I'm going to go with the Jets by three. In close one. I'm going to go with the Saints. Um, I don't know. It's probably you – know, I, I shouldn't be picking them anyway because, you know. They're Saints or the Aints. But I'm just hoping that Alvin Kamara comes back healthy. He's finally back in the lineup. I feel like maybe that's the difference. That's he's the only playing, Oh, I forgot. Honestly, bro, I forgot. Yeah. I got to go and change it. because Yeah, that. he might be. He's playing. Like, he's been selling me the past few weeks in fantasy because I, I thought he was playing last week, and he didn't play, and I had him in the lineup. So he got me zero points, and I was playing press. I should have won. I really should have won. Like, if I had put Mike Davis in, I would have won. Like, if I had put anybody else in, I would have won. I only lost by, like, 10. But Josh Allen sold me. Knox sold me. Like, Buffalo's snow sold me. All that just sold me. I really should have won, but it's whatever. But, yeah, he's playing this week, so I'm going to go with the Saints, too. Um, but, like I said, I think it's still be a competitive game either way. Uh, who we got next? Washington versus Dallas. Yeah. Yeah. This, one, this one's going to be a pretty good one. Network rivalry, you know, in like divisional rivalry. You know, Dallas has been on a slump. Washington has put it together. It's what it seems like, I guess. Heineke still doing Heineke things. It's going to be a pretty good game. Who you got? For the first matchup, I'm going to go with the football team just to make the division interesting. I, I can't <laughs> wait for Sunday. The trash is going to be toxic. Uh, coach doesn't talk too much trash, but he's going to do that little TikTok thing he does, which yeah. I think is hilarious. <laughs> but. <laughs> Uh, Washington just been playing good football, man. They lost Chase Young. You would think the season's over with one of their defensive anchors being out. Sweat was out with a broken jaw. Uh, mm. And they've been – they've just been playing good. Heineke's been making some timely throws. He's been – he's just been a, a clutch quarterback in my in my opinion. I'm, I'm, I'm happy for him. Definitely getting it together. Definitely making Washington – not say he's the franchise for like the next five years, but mm-hmm. making him slow down on trying to rush to get a quarterback this upcoming year. Uh, yeah. But I just think that, you know, Dallas hasn't been playing that well. Uh, they ran into a sorry Saints team and didn't play that well against them, in my opinion. But mm-hmm. I think with it being a division rivalry, um, Washington is going to make some timely plays. And I don't I know it's going to be a little tougher offensively because Logan Thomas just came back and now he's hurt again. But Curtis Samuel and Antonio Gibson are going to have to step up to take some of the pressure off McCorn. And I want to see that matchup with McCorn and Diggs. But I, I like, mm-hmm. you know, Washington being a home is a rivalry game. Fans are going to be hyped because, you know, they thought the season was over, but now they're right in the middle of the playoff picture. And I think yeah. they're going to ride that momentum to a close victory. I'm going to go Washington by three. But it's yeah. a division. I think yeah. they're they're going to – I think they're going to split, but I think Washington, I think they're going to take the, uh, take it at home. Yeah. You know what's crazy? I, like, I feel like the only overreaction Monday I was on, I said that the Washington football team was going to end up winning the division. And, like, for the next two weeks, I was like, man, what the hell? What was I thinking about? Like, that was so stupid. But because it was after, yeah, it was after they had beat us. And I was like, Washington football team is going to end up winning the division. And, like I said, the next two, three weeks, I was like, well, man, what the hell am I talking about? Like, there's no way this team is going to win the division. Like, they're – but but all of a sudden, like I said, they're right there. They're only two games back. They win this one. They're one game back. And it's still – it'll still be what? Five games left, four games left in the season, I believe, for them. So, and one more thing that I want to say 
for Washington, I know it's the same for the Eagles too. The rest of their games for the season, let me make sure. Let me check. They're all divisional games, aren't they? They're all, all five of them. They play yeah. Dallas twice. I think they play. Let me look at it really, really quick. But I think because I think you might be right because typically with them, that's how it, it it goes. Like a lot, I think it was like that last year too. Like the last last few games, especially yep. like for one or two of those teams, like they're all divisional games. So yeah, they got Dallas. They got Dallas this week, and then they play them in two weeks. Mm-hmm. And then they got Philly the week after next, and then they play them in two weeks. So they got Philly. They they play Philly and Dallas twice within a month. So and then mm-hmm. they got the Giants to finish the season. So you know how the division games go. They're gonna be trying to play spoiler. They're not trying to let you in the division, no matter. I mean the playoffs, no matter how their season's going. So it's gonna be. Mm-hmm. I feel like they control their own destiny in a way, Washington. So yeah. we'll see. Yeah, I'm gonna go. I want to go Washington so bad as well. Like I want to, because I feel I feel like this. I feel like they're gonna split as well. And if they're gonna split, this would be the one to split for sure. Because they're at home. I'm gonna go Washington too. I'm gonna go with them as well. I feel like they should. They should definitely pull this one out. Yeah. But next got Atlanta, Carolina. I'm gonna just go ahead and say I'm going with Atlanta. Um, that's that's just the obvious pick for me. But who you got? I got. I'm gonna be different for this one. Uh, Cam first time playing Atlanta in a couple of years. You know, he always takes his personal. I, I wish he was at the crib, but <laughs> Carolina, they had a tough loss uh, versus Miami after they, they throttled the Cardinals. So I think they're inconsistent. I think Cam, you know, playing his hometown team, he'll have one of his better performances. And I'm going to go with Carolina in a close one. I know they're in the playoff race, but I don't, I just don't think they're good enough. And I was looking at their schedule. Their schedule is pretty tough to end the season. So, yeah. If they want any, you know, want to have any chance at making the playoffs, I think it's uh, come this week. But I'm gonna take Carolina by three. Yeah, honestly, it's a do or die week for both teams. If both one of the teams lose, like it's pretty much over for any playoff hopes because we'll be five. I think both we'd be five and eight for sure. I think they would be five and eight as well, or something like that. They'd be like, yeah, six and eight. I don't know. I don't know if they had a buy yet. I know they did have a buy, so yeah, they would be five and eight too. But. um yeah, of course, I'm going with Atlanta. But it's definitely do or die week for both teams. And hopefully we're able to come out on top because they beat us earlier uh, in the year at home. So Seattle, Houston. Um, I'm going to just keep it short. I got Seattle. Yeah, I'm going to keep it short, too. Uh, Seattle's 4-8 and eight now or 5-8. and eight. I, I can say they can make the playoffs, but if, you know, anybody can do it, Russ can pull off five in a row. Because the NFC, there's some teams that might make the playoffs having an under 500 record potentially. Mm-hmm. So if the Seahawks went out, you know, they potentially have a chance. And they had a good win last week over San Francisco, who was kind of hot. So mm-hmm. we'll take Seattle by 14. Yeah. Same here. Like you said, if anybody can do it, Russ can do it. Like you say it's just that magic. You know, he's able to come back from injuries quicker. You know, he's able to, you know, just put his team in positions you know, that we don't expect him to put in. But like I said, if they didn't have that super slow start from the beginning of the year, who knows? They probably would be. They would you know, be right there in the middle of the pack, um, say at the bottom of the standings. But, you know, all in all, they still have a chance to, you know, right the ship and possibly make the playoffs. But Detroit, Denver, we going with Detroit to win two in a row? Or? No, nah, you, you got it, bro. Uh, I'm going with Denver. I'm not going with Detroit. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Detroit, I got Denver by 10 to 14. Uh, they're still fighting for a playoff spot. I honestly think they played well on defense last week. Their offense just didn't help them out. And, you know, mm-hmm. Detroit, they're coming off that, you know, that lucky win. Not lucky win, but last play of the game win. Um, they're going to mile high. It's hard to breathe up there. 
Yeah. They're gonna be, you know, feeling themselves after this one little uh winning, they're gonna get stomped out. So I'm gonna take Denver by 14 plus. It's not tough to play up there, especially when it's harder to breathe. Like it, it's just a lot of factors that go into playing in Denver and Detroit, those little mistakes that they made going for it on their own side of the field and stuff, just bad clock management stuff. They do that stuff versus Denver and uh, Coach Fangio, they're gonna get blown out. So I got Denver by 14 plus. So. For sure. Giants, Chargers. I'm gonna go with the Chargers. Um even though I guess the Giants won last week, but I think they got everybody. They got a lot of people hurt. I don't think Danny Jones or Danny Jones. I know he didn't play last week. I don't know if he's playing this week either. Um, who who led it? Was it Mike Glennon that led him to a victory? No, they lost last week to the um. They did to the Dolphins. To the Dolphins. Oh yeah, they did. They did. They did. I'm thinking about the week prior. Yeah, yeah, but yeah, they lost last week against the Dolphins. It's a hot team, but Chargers just dumped out Cincinnati, so yep. they're at home too. I'm thinking they're just going to continue to ride that wave. So I'm going with the Chargers. I agree with you, bro. They're pretty inconsistent. It's kind of weird, like, the yeah. who the Chargers get blown out by a couple weeks ago. I can't remember. They got they got smashed by somebody else. And then, you know, mm-hmm. like, Cincinnati was kind of inconsistent. They beat – they got blown out by Cleveland. Then they blew somebody mm-hmm. out, and then they got blown out at home. So, it's just a lot <laughs> going on in the AFC. But I'm going to go with uh, Herbert and the Chargers if they try to lock in the 6th or 7th seed or, or the division potentially. Yeah. We got San Fran and Cincy. Um this one's tough. It might be a pretty good game. Um, I don't know. Something just tell me to go with San Fran. I'm gonna go with San Fran. Uh, I can agree. Down. Yeah, I can agree with that. You know, they were doing good before they lost last week at Seattle. They kind of looked like they were finding their stride. But I'm gonna go with Cincinnati for the main reason. I know the trenches aren't that good. Their offensive line isn't that good uh, in Cincy, but. I think the wide receivers have a total mismatch. You know, San Francisco secondary hasn't been good all season, and they have two really, really young receivers. Tyler Boyd's solid, but T. Higgins and Jamar Chase are problems, in my opinion, and I don't think they really have too many people to cover all three of them. And Joe Burrow, you know, he made some mistakes last week, but he's still, you know, pretty good quarterback. And I think that they uh, – I think Cincinnati, with everything going on, the tight AFC North and the tight playoff race, you know, this is must win. And games at home like this, you got to win. But I wouldn't be surprised if San Fran – one because they're a good team. They're they're a solid team. My fault, but they're a scary team. One of those teams, you know, you wouldn't want to play in December and early in the playoffs. So I'm, but I'm gonna go with City because yeah, they're because they're receiving yeah. matchup. Yeah, yeah, I definitely can see that as well. I don't know. It it should be a pretty good game though, pretty good matchup, uh, especially both teams coming off of losses, and you know, just obviously don't want to lose positioning in the playoff race. So it should be a good game. Buffalo, Tampa Bay. It's gonna be interesting as well, but I I just can't go I can't go against Tampa Bay and Brady right now. So even with like them having so many injuries in their secondary, their front seven just continues to bail them out. And obviously their offense is just so high powered, it's like it really doesn't even matter. But I'm gonna go with Tampa Bay. Who you got? Going with Tampa too. Uh, this is definitely my game of the day. I think you know after a disappointing performance last week, Buffalo's gonna come out firing on offense. It's, they're gonna play inspired football on defense. So, but I can. This is my game of the day, but, you know, Tampa hasn't been playing that well. I know they've been winning, but they haven't mm-hmm. been playing. Yeah. Been it's dominant. Dominant. yeah. yeah. So, but I'm going to go with them, you know, them being at home. I know Bill's Mafia travels very well, but <laughs> it's still a home game for Tampa. And I think that, you know, it's it's about that time for Tom and them to start getting the playoff mode. And I think they this is a, a great matchup to start off doing it. So uh, I'm going to go Tampa by three. But I could, yeah. I don't know, man, this is going to be a tough one. Like, I could see this being a shootout. But especially it's gonna be sure and, and in warm weather, like I said, they, they're already a, a passing team in the Bills, but 
you know, coming down, just, you know, having played that super duper cold, you know, sloppy game that they had with uh, New England on Monday. I think they're, like I said, it's going to be a back and forth. I think it's going to be a pretty high scoring game, but I'm still going to go with Tampa, you know, to pull it out same yeah. way somehow. I'm going to keep the next one short. I'm going to go with Green Bay. You know, there's, yeah, there's nothing else to say. Oh, yeah, 100%. Yeah, honestly, if I was doing the power rankings, Green Bay would be my number one team. I think they've been one of the best teams all season, especially defensively with all the Mm -hmm. people that they have out. And Jair Alexander practiced today, so maybe he comes back this week or next week. But I got Green Bay by a couple touchdowns. And real quick, going back to that Tampa game, uh, Buffalo, you know, they already don't like to run the ball, but they literally not going to be able to run the ball versus Vita Vance, too, so. I don't know what they have in store. But, yeah, Green Bay by a couple touchdowns. I know Justin Fields is coming back, but i like to see him play a good game. But Green Bay is just clicking on all cylinders for the most part of the season. And I think that, honestly, in my opinion right now, they're their favorite coming out the NFC as of week uh, mm-hmm. four. Yeah, same here. I mean, it definitely say I think he's going to definitely come out into Green Bay and Tampa. I don't want to shy, or shy the next team that we're about to talk about, Arizona, or even the Rams maybe if they start to pick things up. But – yeah, right now it would be Tampa and Green Bay for the NFC Championship for me. But next game, like I said, our last game, Rams, Arizona, divisional game. Um, I don't think it will be for the – I think the Rams are, what, 7-4 and four and Arizona's 9-2. and two, So I don't think it would be for um, – the or 10-2. I don't think it would be for the division. But um, obviously they'll come a game within a game closer. But who you got pick, uh, for this one? I'm going to go with Arizona again. They get the sweep on the Rams. Moving on with the Rams, uh, they they were on a three-game losing streak, then they bounced back last week against the Jaguars. And I think that, you know, they remember when these two teams faced off early in the season, they were undefeated, and they got pretty much smacked uh, at home. Yeah. I think that that's personal to them. And even though with D-Hop and Collar coming back last week, I think the Arizona – I mean, the, the Rams, you know, pull off not even a shock or an upset, but they put together a quality performance and they went on the road versus Arizona. Uh, I'm going to take Rams by seven just to keep it close. I could see them – winning in dominant fashion, but since it's Monday night football and, you know, Cardinals are one of the best teams in the league, uh, I'm going to go, but I'm going to still go with the Rams. This is going to be a good game. The last two games, like the the 425 window with uh, Tony mm-hmm. Romo and Jim Nance and then the Monday night game are going to be two uh, quality games, could be two shootouts. So yeah. going with the Rams. Hopefully, you know, I win all the picks this week. Yeah. <laughs> I think we got like, I think we got like maybe four that's different. I know the last one, it was different. Baltimore one was different. Dallas one was different. In the Jets. In the Jets one. For right. No, 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 no. Never mind. No, no, no. Yeah, because Yeah. Those might be the only different. Or in the San Francisco one. That's the other one. Yeah. Yeah. So four differences right now. You can pull in pull within the game. Or I can extend the lead a little bit more. But uh last thing or last two things we're gonna kinda hit on before we head out, or just question today kind that I kinda have for you. Um, you know. Season's coming down to the end. Uh, there's been two, I guess, guys that have been more dominant and been more prevalent in uh, the MVP conversation. So question today, do you think Brady, Jonathan Taylor, or someone else was the MVP for this year? As of now, I'm going with Jonathan Taylor. Uh, at first, it was going to be Brady or Derrick Henry or Matthew Stafford, but when Derrick Henry got hurt, John, Jonathan Taylor kind of took over the RB1 role in the league. Uh, He's had – right now he has 16 touchdowns and 1,300 yards with five games left – no, four games left to play because they have a bye. Um, he's had 10 games with over 100 all-purpose yards, including eight in a row. So he's just been showing out. He's kind of – you know, Carson Wentz has played well. He hasn't turned the ball over, but this has been a run for his football team, and he's carried them. You know, the game versus Buffalo, 
in a lot of other games, he just showed that he's he's a uh, he's a top dog, and it's it's kind of sad for me because I was high on him in the draft, and we didn't have a running back. I didn't know what James Robinson was last year. Like he was in draft, I didn't know this, and I didn't wasn't the biggest fan of Leonard Fournette, and I saw Jonathan Taylor at Wisconsin, so. I like I like this dude a lot, and somebody's gonna get a steal. I didn't know it would turn into MVP. I knew he would be a starting running back potentially in a couple, have a couple thousand yard seasons, but I wouldn't see him getting the MVP. But uh, Jonathan Taylor for sure is my uh, my MVP at the moment. Yeah, he's the MVP of my second fantasy team for sure because he's been producing like like crazy. Like gave me like a forty something point game, I think a fifty point something game like that. But each and every week is is. Know you're getting a solid twenty to twenty five from him, but yeah, I just I just don't know. Like, do they give the MVP to a running back? Like, you know, they love skill positions or they love giving it to a quarterback. That's pretty much a skill position. You know, the MVP always pretty much takes home. But you think this year they will? You know, obviously, like the numbers you can't ignore. Like you said, five games left, he can possibly get close to a 2,000, you know, 2,000 yard rushing mark. And a lot of people thought, you know, Derrick Henry would be the one to, to break uh who has a rushing record? Uh forgot. Somebody has one. I forgot. They basically thought he was gonna be Yeah, yeah, Eric Dixon. They thought he would um you know break the rushing record this year, obviously before he got hurt. Um and I don't think Taylor does it. You know, I think maybe if it was seven games left, it's a possibility. But you never even know. It's it, it, you never know. It's a possibility that it can happen. But do you think they give MVP to you know a different position other than quarterback because we got some quarterbacks playing pretty good football. Brady, Aaron Rodgers, I don't think he repeats two times yeah. unless he gets them that number one seed. It's a possibility, but you know, you think they'll look at Taylor because that's the only thing I had to worry about, and that's why I'm not, I wasn't gonna go with him. I just think that he's just gonna be stuck on a quarterback because it just makes it's like a quarterback award in a sense. Yeah, no, I, I, I 100% agree. I think it is a quarterback award, but I just think this season there's like in the beginning, you know, Stafford and Brady were leading the pack, but they kind of fell off. And there's so many quarterbacks that are playing, like, kind of like, not the same, but just nobody's really, really standing out. Brady's having a good season, but Aaron Rodgers missed a couple games. Stafford kind of, he didn't fall off, but he had a, a rough patch yeah. and he, where he threw, like, three pick sixes in three straight games. So it's like there's no clear-cut quarterback that's better than everybody. So why not give it to the most impactful player so far this season, I think, because, you know, the Colts were struggling. They found a run game and it kind of took off. So I, I, I'm with Jonathan Taylor. Yeah, hopefully they do look to give it to him because I would agree with that as well. Like I say, he's just been the most consistent player for that team and most consistent player probably overall in football. Um, he said, how many straight hundred yard games? I think what four? I mean, four or five? Uh, something like that. But yeah. it, at least eight with uh, at least yeah, eight with a hundred all purpose yards. So. Yeah. So. It, it definitely should be as a war, but like I said, that's the only thing I'm worried about. They just give it to a quarterback again, but hopefully not. Um, if the Colts keep winning, maybe they would, like I said, look at him um, to possibly give it to him. But last thing for the day, we're going to head out. Um, you know, just anything that we've seen during the week, anybody that we feel like should, you know, deserves a shout out, you know, that you want to give a shout out to. I personally, I think we got to give a shout out again to the Lions. They, you know, just got the monkey off their back. They're not a, They're not going to be the first 0-17 team. Like I said, they were going to be. Um, they got the win, and very, very happy about that. Um, shout out to – I want to say shout out to, to just the running back by committee again. I know we talked about it already, but, you know, Damian Harris, um, the other dude's name, Stevenson. They, they all – yeah, they just – and Bolden. They just you know, put that team on their back and won the game. Um 
what's the one? I also want to give a shout out to uh, what you call it. No, I think that's it. Uh, it's only two people I want to give a shout out to. I don't. I think I had something else at the beginning of the show, but I honestly forgot who it was. But anybody that deserves a shout out for anything, any you know, anything anywhere, don't even gotta be sports related. Oh uh, yeah, mine is sports related. I'm gonna keep it football. Uh, shout out to Luke Fickle, the coach of Cincinnati, for getting his program over the hump and just changing the face of that program. Uh, when he first got here, I wrote down some stats. His first season in 2017, they went four and eight, and from there they went 11 and two, nine and one, and not 13 and zero. So he's literally built that program up. And, Shout out to the, you know, the boosters and the athletic director for sticking with them after that first, you know, rough season going four and eight and just trust him to invest in this program and just build it up. And, you know, when you when you give stuff time, you don't overreact. You let people's plans play out. Uh, sometimes it works out for the best. And Cincinnati's had their best season ever. So uh, shout out to Luke Fickle and him for changing that program. And, and is this the first this is the first time that there's been a group of five team in the playoffs? Mm -hmm. Yeah. So. Well, I mean, what do we consider Notre Dame? Yeah, uh, they like I could I I don't consider them a group of five. You know, they have their own <laughs> network and all that stuff. Mm -hmm. yeah. um, shout out to him, man, for changing that program, and hopefully, you know, he's taking them to new heights they've never been to, and hopefully, they can you know pull out the upset. They're not going to, but you know, let's let's be positive. Hopefully, you know, they turn this Cinderella season into a little more. But just shout out to him for everything he's done to the program. Him and Desmond Ritter, kind of, you know built that program up together. This is his fifth year there, so they've kind of been together every step of the way. And um, Shout out to them for finally getting over that hump and finally uh, making a playoff. For sure. Um, I do remember what my other uh, what my other shout out was going to be. And of course, it got to be the sponsors. Shout out to Bill Bar. Um, you know, it's one of the sponsors of Off The Ball Network. Uh, if you go to BillBar.com, use promo code Off The Ball, um, you know, you can get 10% off, you know, discount on their website. Like I said, they got a lot of different flavors, a lot of crazy flavors that seem really, really good. Um, you know, I think so. Yeah, I think I got a box. I still have to get a box, but they look good. Like I said, and there's, you know, supposed to be healthier. Um, got a lot more healthier uh, ingredients in it for you. Um, it definitely gives you more energy and, you know, just support the network. You use off the ball. Uh, as a referral code, you get 10% off at the website. And I think they, they do a lot of promos themselves as well. So you might be able to, you know, double it on. Like I know they were doing 20% the other day. I think if you buy a box, sometimes they give you another box to, you know, to try for free. So they definitely are good people over there. It seems like, you know, they want you to try the bar. They want you to, you know, have healthier options and, you know, definitely should be the next thing on your list to get. And uh, outside of them, I also want to give a shout out to our newer um, sponsor, which is Bet US. I know there's a lot of guys on the network that, Love to bet, um, love to bet sports. Kendrick is always putting out one each and every day. Um, so definitely subscribe to his Substack. He gives betting numbers pretty much from all you know, all sports, all angles. He does college football, college basketball, does NBA, NFL, golf, like literally every single you know sport that you can possibly think of. Like he he knows. Um, I know he just said that betting sucks in the chat, so he must have lost some some type of game. He must have lost something. But overall, he, he does pretty well and, and he gives you pretty good pick lines. So. Um, like I said, use Bet USA. Um, and you know, like I said, they're one of our newest sponsors, but they are the fastest payout in the industry. They offer 125% sign up bonus when you use promo code off the ball as well. Use all caps when you sign up. And uh, when you head over there, like I said, deposit your money, go to Kenneth's articles, read it, bet whatever he says, and you should bring home a little bit of money. Um, but of course, as always, bet responsibly. 
Um, but those are my two shout outs for the day or four shout outs for the day. Um, anything else before we head out of here, Thad, that we didn't touch on that we need to do that we need to say? Oh, nah, you know, glad to be back after two weeks off. Hopefully the college football playoff uh, plays out how we predict. I know we're going to have more shows before that because we're a month away, but um, hopefully, you know, I have a good week in betting. I've been losing a lot of close games to you in this pick em stuff, so it's kind of getting on my nerves. Hopefully these teams can, you know, show up. Maybe I got to get in their ear before the game or something for them to show up. But, <laughs> you got to um, add them on Twitter. We need, a, we need an undefeated week. I need an undefeated week or a week where I'm like 15-1 and one or 14-2. I know teams got by, so there's not going to be 16 games, but mm. I need a solid week like that, a dominating week. Uh, but other than that, you know, glad to be back. Just overall, uh, you guys tune into the SES playoffs this week. A lot of quality football being played, and um, mm. we'll see you guys next week. Damn. That was my other shout-out. Last shout-out, my fault, to our guy Will Huzzy, of course, um, has had an incredible last few weeks. Last week, they pulled out a um, uh, upset. I don't know if it's upset, but they pulled out a they a last second victory, um, scoring with two touchdowns. Two touchdowns in a minute forty versus yeah, in a minute forty against uh Kennesaw State, right? Yep. Yeah, against Kennesaw State, uh, our guy Will Huzzy um, brought brought in the first touchdown to get that uh get that run going. So definitely want to shout him out. Like I said, another round or moving on to the next round of FCS playoffs, and hopefully ETSU yeah, has a the championship in the future. Yep, North, North Dakota, so it's going to be a pretty good matchup. Um, so definitely tune in. Um, you know, support our guy Will Huzzy. It's uh, I am Will Huzzy on Twitter. Um, I'm pretty sure you'll see us posting or um, adding him or whatever the case may be. But definitely shout out to him. Good luck this weekend. Hopefully, you know, I'm moving on to the championship after this week. So, um, like I said, last shout out. That's my fault. But <laughs> that does it for today's show. You know, it went kind of long, but like that's what happens when. It's a bunch of sports that you got to cover, and it's been a two-week span. But like that and I said, we're going to try to be more consistent, probably try to come to you either every Tuesday or Wednesday around 8, 30, 9 o'clock. So definitely tune in with us. Um, make sure you follow us on all our socials at what at WTGMTM Podcast, what the game means to me and what the game means to me as well on Facebook, um, Twitter, and Instagram. But shout out to everybody on Off the Ball Network. Appreciate y'all um, you know, for retweeting, listening, all that. Um, of course, we'll see you guys in the chat. And we'll see you guys next week. Hope you have a good one. Catch y'all later.